Welcome to the 406th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with Alex Pavese, author of the debut novel, The Eighth Detective. Stay tuned for the interview. The Reading and Writing Podcast is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 185,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a different story, one that supports your local community and your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. You can listen during your commute while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Here's your special offer from the Reading and Writing Podcast. Get two audiobooks for the price of one today with your first month of membership with the code RWPODCAST at checkout. This offer is only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S. Check out Libro.fm today. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Alex Pavasi, author of the debut novel, The Eighth Detective. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Sure. If someone listening hasn't heard about your book, The Eighth Detective, yet, how would you describe the novel? So what I usually say is that Eight Detectives is a crime novel about crime novels, specifically about the kind of classic murder mystery that we associate with Agatha Christie. So the main character is an author. He's called Grant McAllister. And in the 1930s, he was a professor of mathematics. And he came up with a sort of system for working out all of the possible variations on the murder mystery format. And he wrote seven stories to illustrate his ideas. And then the book, uh, we follow an editor called Julia Hart in the 1960s, 30 years later. And she visits Grant on the Mediterranean island where he now lives as a recluse. And she's there hoping to republish um, some of his stories with the publishing house that she works at. So together they go through his stories and she notices certain inconsistencies. And she starts to wonder whether maybe these have something to do with an unsolved murder from Grant's youth. And she starts to wonder why exactly he's living as a recluse on an island. And it becomes a kind of battle of wits between the two of them. And so what are your earliest memories of reading those classic murder mysteries such as Agatha Christie? So, yeah, I wasn't a huge reader as a child. I watched a lot of TV and films. And there was a British TV show called Jonathan Creek. I'm not sure it had much impact in the US, which was about impossible crimes. It was a, the detective was a magician's assistant. And, and I loved this show. It's my favorite show as, as a teenager. And I, I read an interview with the, the man who wrote that. And he said, uh, these are my influences. And he listed a bunch of classic crime authors. And yeah, I liked the show so much that I, I went and checked them out. And uh, there was John Dixon Carr, G.K. Chesterton were listed. So those are the first crime novels I read. I guess I was about 16 at the time. And yeah, it was it just really opened my eyes that you could have novels that were so cleverly constructed and so satisfying as puzzles as well as their stories. 
And do you remember the original idea that you had for your novel, The Eighth Detective? Yeah. As I say, I watched a lot of films and I do remember very strongly watching a film called Clue, which is a, it's an American movie from 1985 based on the board game also called Clue, which in the UK is called Cluedo. So, the, but the film was still called Clue in, in the UK. And that's, uh, it's an interesting film. It's a, slightly silly 1980s comedy it's got tim curry and it's got christopher lloyd but it had this really interesting structure because it's got a murder and and then it has a bunch of intrigue and then at the end they have three different endings to the movie and so i think when it was first released in cinemas they would show you one of the one of the endings at random which was a strange idea and i think commercially it wasn't (laughs) very successful but when they showed on tv when i saw on tv they were showing all three endings back to back and I remember this just really blew me away to have a kind of, to be able to tell a story and then give three different endings. This kind of experimental structure sneaked into a kind of sort of 80s daft comedy was really mind-blowing to me. And basically ever since then, I've wanted to write a book like The Eighth Detective, which which has a kind of unusual narrative structure and combines that with with a sort of puzzle-based detective story. I think the two things go really well together. And had you written fiction before you sat down to write The Eighth Detective? I'm going to say not to completion. I'd started a lot of things, written first chapters. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. And given up, I was trying to write things that were very different to The Eighth Detective then. I was trying to write, I guess, something like Catcher in the Rye, maybe a, maybe a humorous take on that kind of coming-of-age novel. And yeah, I, I, it didn't work out. So I started and stopped many times, but The Eighth Detective is the first novel that I've actually sort of finished. And and what was the writing process like for you for The Eighth Detective? Did you plot the novel extensively before sitting down to jump into the story? No, I didn't really. It was all over the place. So as I hinted in, in the outline, that the, the novel has stories within the story. And I, so essentially, I just started by writing sort of short stories, which were isolated things. So that kind of made... That made the beginning, at least, a lot easier. I could just get going, and I liked what I had, so I continued doing that. When I had to put it all together at the end, I kind of wish I'd planned it a bit more. It was, <laughs> it, was all, uh, it was all over the place. So then I had to sit down, make a lot of notes, and think very hard. 
about how to tie it all together. And and how did that go for you, <laughs> tying it all together? Yeah, I think I got there in the end, but it was, yeah, that was the difficult bit. Certainly the second part of the writing process was harder than the first part. Did you have to do a lot of uh, revising to fit that uh, puzzle together? Some, not as much as it could have been. But yeah, working out, working, <coughs> excuse me, working out the, the details of the kind of overarching plot was, was, was tough. And I went through a bunch of different versions. So it was a very iterative process. But in, right. yeah, got there in the end. Are you working on another novel now? Yes, I am. I'm writing another crime novel. This one's a bit more straightforward in the sense that it's it's a linear story with a small cast of characters, fewer than ten characters. Uh, so it's well, in theory, it's a bit easier to write. Although I'm not sure it, that it's working out that way. But yeah, it's very different. I wanted to write a crime novel that was at the opposite end of the kind of spectrum from Eight Detectives in terms of structure. So given your success to date with the eighth detective, what writing advice would you offer for those who are writing their own stories and novels? So that's an interesting question. The first thing I'd want the first thing I'd want to say is feel free to ignore any advice that doesn't work for you, because I, I often hear a lot of writing advice that I just think that's not how I approach something. So I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with rejecting advice if it doesn't work for you. But I suppose the two things that probably are helpful that need to be emphasized, when you're writing a, a novel, you need, to, you need to keep going to the end, right? Like other people have said this, I'm sure. Giving up is, is not advisable. It's better to finish and then look back and, and see whether you like what you have. And the other thing I think you need to do, it's the prerequisite for writing a novel, is, is you need in, in some capacity to learn how to judge your own work as objectively as possible which again is a very difficult thing. But I think things like taking time away from it is helpful. Coming back to it after a break, try reading your what you've written in, in, in a strange setting. So maybe like you can send the document to Kindle or something and, or, or an e-reader and, and read it in a slightly different way to how you're used to seeing it. Things like that helpful. And do you think that you were able to do that in terms of self-editing? Is that something that you had to learn or teach yourself? Yeah, I'm usually quite a harsh critic of my own work. I think that's something I developed when I was writing things previously and abandoning them because, you know, I, I knew that they weren't working. But yeah, I think I sort of pre prepared myself well by having a long period of, of not finishing anything and being a very harsh judge of my own work, I think. <laughs> so were you able to, I guess, eventually not be quite as harsh and allow yourself to finish something? Yeah, yeah, I'm still pretty harsh. But yeah, yeah, eventually... If you keep going, sometimes it's a great feeling to look back on something you've written and actually think, oh, that's not so bad. So, yeah, with a bit of trial and error, I did get there eventually. So what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? So I recently read a fantastic book, which is called Nothing Can Hurt You by Nicola May Goldberg, which is a kind of crime novel, another unconventional crime novel. So it, it tells the story of, it's, it's about a murder and it tells the story of I think about 12 people who are somehow tangentially related to the murder, um, either the murderer or the victim. So it's barely about the crime, but it, it really paints a picture of, of the tragedy. It's really fa fantastic work. Um, and sorry, go. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say another book I read recently is uh, Stuart Turton's forthcoming book called The Devil in the Dark Water, which is as is if he, he wrote a book called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, and this is the successor. It's not a sequel, but it's his next book. 
uh, which is also really interesting, really good, really good read. Great. Where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novel, The Eighth Detective? So you can find me on Twitter at Pavese underscore Alex. That's currently the only thing I have. My website will be coming shortly. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Alex Pavese, author of the debut novel, The Eighth Detective. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Alex, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.